Welcome to Catechesis, a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Catechesis is Greek for teaching. That's precisely what we will do with this podcast. Take Christians back to their roots through spoken word and study. Welcome to Catechesis. I am Laura Neely, and I am the pastor for Mission and Formation at First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange, Georgia. Catechesis is the ancient practice of teaching through the spoken word. And so my prayer is that our time together today gives you a chance to ponder the scripture a bit and that these reflections will be enlightening of your spiritual journey. This episode of Catechesis is in preparation for the fifth Sunday of Easter. The scripture today places us in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. And though we are in the season of Easter and the crucifixion is past and the women have discovered the empty tomb and the good news, this text takes us back to that time in the days leading up to Jesus' death. Jesus tells the disciples that he is leaving them and they want to know why. And though this all might feel out of place, the lectionary picks up this text as a lead up to Christ's ascension, which is 40 days after Easter. And so once again, we approach a time when Jesus will no longer be with the disciples. And there is a feeling of what comes next. What does this mean for the followers' movement? What do they do now? The lectionary points us to the 14th chapter of John as a response. And so let's see what the gospel writer has to say. Again, this is John 14, verses 1 through 14. Listen now for the word of God. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, and you know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you do not speak on my own. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. 
but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in this passage, there are a couple particularly familiar lines. The first is when Jesus says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? This is one of those often used words of comfort at the time of a funeral, one where we want to give hope in the life beyond death. The other particularly familiar one is when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. This has often been used to affirm Jesus as the only and the right way to God. When we look at these passages in isolation, the problem is that too often these segments are taken out of context so that the fuller picture is missed. So today, instead, let's zoom out. Like I mentioned earlier in this portion of the gospel story, it comes to the final days of Jesus' earthly life. He has washed the disciples' feet that have eaten the Last Supper, and Jesus has given them his command that they love one another. Here, Jesus signals to the disciples that he will not be with them much longer. The disciples have many questions. Where are you going? Why? How? And we may roll our eyes at the disciples' questions. But we have to remember that they don't know the end of the story like we do. They don't know that Easter is coming, and they have no concept of resurrection. They are still new even to the thought that Jesus and God are one. Think of this last one. Jesus and God as one, fully God, fully human. This is a concept Christians have wrestled with for ages. Here, Jesus brings home the relationship once more, that we know God because we know Jesus, and that God is with Jesus and Jesus is with God. Jesus knows that his followers are worried. They are scared. And so in these words, he tries to give them assurances that there is something bigger, much bigger, unfolding. And though it might feel pretty uncertain at this point, these concepts are foreign and new and perplexing, and yet Jesus gives as much assurance as he can. 
So as I grow and learn more and more about the Bible and the ways of faith, I grow more and more in the realization that I just don't know. I can't know fully. I can't know fully until that day that I am fully known, just like Paul says to the Corinthians. And though it might sound strange, I find more and more comfort in the belief that I will never know it all. Because that means that God is bigger and broader and more complex than I can understand. That is the kind of God I need in this broken, mixed up, beautiful world. I need a God that is big and complex. Because that God can hold all the complexities that are the world. It keeps me reaching and wondering as a disciple of Christ myself. Sometimes life is just so complicated that we can't hold it all. And that's where God's limitless nature picks up the slack. That God goes before us to prepare a place. This is a message of hope, a message of solace, a message that God doesn't give the way the world does, but gives in a way that is far better and more wonderful than we can even imagine. But why does this matter? Because for the disciples, this was a moment of despair, a moment when hope seemed to be lost. But we know that that wasn't the case. Something was dying, but something new was just about to bloom. So in our lives, when it seems hopeless, Christ says there is a new and beautiful thing just about to happen. So I ask you this, where in your life is there something new just around the corner? What needs to die so that that newness can spring forth? I hope you will ponder these things as you prepare for Sunday. But for now, I'm Laura Neely, and this is Catechesis. Blessings for the road, and peace be with you, friends. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Be sure to follow along on our websites, lewisandbroad.org and fpclagrange.org. See you next week.